it's surprising in my surroundings. I'm finding the quietest escapes these days. This representation of storm brewing amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my team. Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And this Mastering 40 episode is brought to you by our consistent three sponsors, Tracksmith, Inside Tracker, and Prevenex. Love these guys. Uh, man, Inside Tracker, um, I had that whole episode before, uh, which was absolutely fantastic. That was last episode. We really dove into the uh, the biomarkers that have been going well and sometimes not not going so well for me. Uh, I also want to highlight right now um, Tracksmith. So Tracksmith is, for me, the elite running attire brand out there. I love their gear absolutely 100%. The weather is starting to turn now, right? I'm basically wearing shorts almost all the time for my runs. I love their session shorts. They got different lengths. I'm just such a huge fan of their shorts because for some people, you know, this, I mean, some, some, some shorts that you get, they just they just don't fit quite right. And by that I mean just the like the interior lining can be itchy or scratchy or whatever. Their shorts are absolutely phenomenal. Uh, they got the half tights, which a lot of people really really love those. Uh, they just came out with some new ones of that of that kind. Also, they got their new colors and they have just these different and fantastic new colorways that they're always coming out with. Go check them out today. Tracksmithrunning.com or is it just tracksmith.com? Yeah, either way, uh, you'll 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 find them. You look up track. Smith. I have no doubts you'll find them. Also, if you use code Rambling Runner, you will save 15% on your first order of $75 or more. So this episode, I'm back with James and Adrian. Took a little break uh, three weeks ago to do my little inside tracker deep dive, but I'm back. This past week has been good. I had basically had to take a full 10 days off from doing anything aerobic and you know, couldn't even cross train, couldn't even bike. You know, this, this knee injury that I thought was going to be like a two or three day issue ended up being like a full month long issue. Uh, right around this time last week, I started doing some run walks, progressing after three days from mostly walking to mostly running. Now I just had three consecutive days of running, first 25 minutes, then 30 minutes, and then today, 35 minutes. Tomorrow, I'll take a day off, and it looks as though my knee is finally back to being the way it should be. I'm still going to progress slowly just to make sure that everything is going the right way, but right now, things are looking good, and I couldn't be happier about it. So let's dive into all of that with my coach, James McCurdy, before we get into more the mental side with Adrian Langelier. James, how are you, my man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Just trying to, like I said, uh, get some plans done, get things in order. Um, as we were just chatting about moments ago, but yeah, just moving around. All right. I like it. All right. So let's talk. So we, the last Mastering 40 episode was one that I did with Stevie Lynn from Inside Tracker, where we kind of went over my numbers and everything, which was really helpful. And I, I love the professional advice, but also dovetailed with the fact that I wasn't running at the time. So it was from a, from a content perspective, it was like, it was nice. Like, hey, I don't have to choose between who I'm talking to this week. Like, there's nothing to talk to my coach about. And I got all this new information from Inside Tracker. But here we are six weeks from our last conversation. And uh, I kind of told everybody in the intro just now kind of what's been happening um, with my knee and kind of you know, this kind of protracted injury <laughs> rehab that's been happening. I'm, ne I'm never going to forget the conversation we had where I was like, yeah, I think it's going to be like a two or three day injury. Um, joke's on me. Joke's on me on that one. Well, um, it, it happens, though, right? So Coach Jack Polarecki, um he had at the end of the Indianapolis Monumental Marathon, a, a race that, I mean, he just pulled up to the leaders with a few miles to go, and he was he was behind by a few minutes. He had just pulled up to them, and all of a sudden, he felt something weird in his back and in his hamstring, and he kind of hobbled to the finish line. And we thought, like, man, like he still qualified for the Olympic trials, but man, like that it really kind of hit him hard and took him out for for a long time to train. And then he started to finally a year later, if not a little bit more, started to be able to come back into it. And it turns out he had like some severe back issues going on and there's some hip stuff happening. And, 
And so he's really coming, come, coming on strong, and we got really excited because things are really starting to hit really, really well. He's training with Harvey. He's training with Ian uh, up here in Flagstaff, and he goes for a run with them um, in, a, in a known place, but it snowed a little bit, and he slipped and fell on ice, and he hit his knee smack dab. That's what broke his fall was his kneecap. It's been six weeks since he's been really been able to run. And he got an x-ray. Uh, he's gotten the work over, and there's nothing wrong. It's just some damaged cartilage. And it's, it's, going, it's a deep bone bruise, and it's going to take time. You know, and he had, he had a misgate river, which is you know, what he was kind of gearing up for on his way to qualifying for the Olympic trials on the track. And we still have that vision for the spring. But the reality is right now, it's like, you know what? You're just not ready to run. And that's okay. You can cross train for a little bit. Cross training was too much. And we had to even take that away because it bothered him. And it's interesting because that really does parallel what it is you've been experiencing. You know, you had this weird tweak randomly when you weren't even running. And all of a sudden, whoa, what's happening here? Yeah, exactly. I had, I had to stop the cross training as well. And, and um, you know, at the PT's office, and he's putting me through, putting my knee through all its paces just to see if like, he can create kind of like that clicking sensation to see if there's a meniscus issue or, or things like that. And, you know, nothing, you know, no pain. You know, he's really kind of like bending in all sorts of ways to try to see if he can create some friction. And, um, yeah, pa- passed with flying colors both times he did it. And it was just a matter of it's like I still wasn't able to run, though. And it was just like the, the inflammation or whatever that was in there. Um, so past three days, just kind of built up steadily. Each day was around 40 to 45 minutes. Um, just all three were run walks with A kind of progressing. Volume. Total volume, right? Not yeah. run 40, 45 minutes, but total That's volume exactly right. of movement. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So first one was about half and half running and walking. Um, yesterday was about uh, three quarters uh, run one quarter walk and today was about like seven eighths running uh roughly so today was 47 minutes 40 minutes running seven minutes walking which was basically five minutes on one minute off um and uh yeah it felt if during the during the today's it felt it felt good it felt normal i did have uh the compression sleeve on my knee um, for added added support and stability, kind of like a just in case scenario, um, I would say now about so t- we're recording this at six thirty, so it's been about eight hours or so since my run. Um, yeah, it's a little achy. Um, it's not reminiscent of the pain that I had before, so I think it's just a matter of like I just haven't been doing this kind of exercise kind of feeling, um, as opposed to like the exact instead of it being like a replica of what was ailing it before. Yeah. Right. Like you, you really had to take the time away because even on the bike, it was bothering you. Right. Like, you know, Heather's coming back from, um, from this major surgery, a second surgery through no fault of her own, you know, it was, it was something internal uh, in her calves and, you know, it happens and it's happened to many people. It's, it's rare, but it does happen. And, um, but she was able to bike ride. You know what I mean? Like she was able to do those things and keep that. So when she gets back into running, it's like, okay, you almost have to like slow yourself down so you don't run too fast because you don't want your your engine to be so much stronger than your frame that you, you do something to it, you know? Uh, for you, it's almost like that worry is a little bit not there because we couldn't do any cross training. Sometimes when people cross train through injuries, they're – frame is so weak uh, from the pounding of the running, but their engine is really, really strong. They feel great. Oh, I'm going to run now. And they just go way too fast, way too soon. And they exacerbate some of the issues. Maybe their their frame wasn't ready for. So I know it kind of sucks to be in that position, to not have even be able to have been able to cross train as much as, as we would have liked over even the really last four weeks, but it might, be the saving grace to be able to return to healthy running because you're almost forced to slow down because yeah, you might lose a little bit of fitness, but you almost, it's almost a shock to the system just to be able to run anyway. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. If you're, if your aerobic capacity is still at a high level, you're like, wait, I'm running three miles here. Like I just, I just did a two hour bike ride last week and I'm running three miles. Like what the heck is this? 
and like nothing hurts your lungs. So you run harder than you should because you want to feel like you're working hard in your lungs, but your frame isn't there yet. You know, so we, we can very easily get into some tendonitis issues or overuse issues when somebody's really cardiovascularly fit and they return from an injury. Um, you know, I've been there myself. So I'm, I'm almost glad that because you haven't been able to do cross training is actually, I, I think it's, it's likely to set you up because it's not going to take you very long. You know, Jack Daniels did a study years and years ago. Uh, he took really fit athletes, really, really fit athletes, 100 mile, 110 miles a week. And I think we've talked about this in the past. And he biopsied their muscles before. And then he gave them 87 days of no cardiovascular movement. Now, he monitored their food so they didn't gain a ton of weight over the, over the course of those three months. Uh, but they weren't allowed to exercise. No lifting, no cross training, no running. And then 87 days later, they biopsied their muscles again. And what they found was a less than 5% change in the mitochondrial development, meaning all the work they had done to get to where they were, they only in 87 days, almost three full months, they only lost less than 5% of what they worked for. So it wasn't going to take them forever to get back. It's just initially, it takes some time. I've got this athlete, uh, Rebecca Palaccio. She, she ended up with a little bit of Achilles tendonitis. Um, her calves were really, really tight. Her ankles were really, really tight. And, and the Achilles was taking the brunt of it. And so we, we took some downtime, we relaxed and she's just now getting back into this. Actually, I think yesterday was her first kind of alternating speed session coming off of like a four month recovery off of this. And she's like, man, like it felt good to be moving, but wow, did I lose some stuff? It's like, yeah, but you know, some and Esther gave me this analogy. Sometimes it, it takes a few sessions to get the junk out of the lotion bottle before the lotion can move smoothly again. David Roche had a great uh, conversation with Ethan Newberry on Ginger Runner Live about this just a couple of days ago. Same exact topic um, about that. Like you just you're, you're not you're just not losing nearly as much as you think, like not even not close, not even close to the point where like if people don't take time off. It's basically malpractice because you're not losing anything, right? It's like, it's like if, if you're never taking time off, like the the negatives so outweigh the positives that it's it's literally coach malpractice at some point not to do it. Yeah, I think I think you know it really depends on how hard you're working. All there's a lot that goes into that. I 100% agree. But even even some of my best runners, some of the the top athletes that I work with, uh, some of them that just ran the U.S. Championship this past weekend. They literally have a down week this week. They're just running easy miles. That's it. Just run easy and enjoy yourself. And sometimes even, and that's just a 15 K that's, you know, that's a 45 minute to an hour long workout, you know, or race effort. Um, you know, certainly after a really long season of work, it's like, yeah, you might need four to six weeks to just relax, just ease into it. So for you, your fitness level, you know, you're, you're really starting to build. And, and our last conversation was okay. We got to run more. We've got. We've got to Jokes run. on us. Jokes yeah, on right? us. But <laughs> I, I'm still holding that. You still have to run more. But we just have to recognize the reality of where you are right now and make sure when it's time to run more, you are ready to run more. Not that so we don't force it. You know, this wasn't a running issue. You just tweaked it in some some random way. Um, so I think you know we recognize it. We come back with intelligence, but fitness wise. It shouldn't be a nightmare to get you back to where you were from just five weeks ago. It might take three or four weeks, but okay. It's not, it's not going to take six months. No. And the fact of the matter was, it wasn't like I was at some advanced level of training either. I wasn't at some advanced level of fitness yeah. uh, at that point either. Yeah. There was a measure. There was a marked measure uh, of ability. You know, it was pretty known, but right. you know, yeah. a, a lot, it's very easy. And, and I know uh, folks listening to this, it's very easy to feel like, oh, I'm going to lose so much. Just stop it. Put that anxiety, throw it in the garbage because you're going to be fine. You know, and it, it, I say that having gone through, like I was actually talking about this the other day with an athlete, like one of my missions during this foot surgery recovery was to gain like 15 to 20 pounds because I know that as soon as I start running again, I am the type of athlete that I'm going to want to push. 
And if I physically can't push because I gained some weight and I'm really out of shape, good, because that will give me some time to let my lungs kind of match my frame so I don't run too fast too soon type of thing. And I, and I went through a pretty severe surgery, you know, so it's okay. And I, and I recognize it's only going to take me about six to nine months. Once I'm actually back running, it's only going to take me six to nine months to get back to where I was, you know, Alephine, uh, you know, from NAZ, the Olympic trials champion, she, everyone forgets that like eight months before she won the Olympic trials, she had a femoral stress fracture in August. Yeah. Cause she ran Chicago. Was it Chicago on like very little training? She ran New York. She was New York. Wa- that's run walking. She went from run walking to New York city uh, in about four months. And, and she ran a two twenty eight, almost dead even. And then, just three months after that, she wins the Olympic trials. This is off of a severe injury, right? And you're going to be fine. You know, we just had a little bit of a knee tweak. we got to recognize, you know, not coming back too soon with intelligence. And here she is again, right? Here she is again. She just had a baby, right? Just eight, nine weeks ago. And now she's cleared and she's going to come back under guidance with, you know, with proper protocols and listening to her body and she's going to run. I have no doubt that this woman, uh, as long as her body responds, well, she's going to run the Olympic marathon. You know what I mean? Like if she can do that on such a high level, certainly we can. Yeah. So what does the next three weeks look like? Um, obviously, you know, you're not, not to say like you have to, like, we're setting this in stone necessarily, but what, what, is, what do you think this is going to end up looking like? This be- and, I, and I'm going to, re- this is where I'm going to rely on you for really the next 10 to 14 days. Your inclination to run, walk right off the bat is the right one. Test the waters, naturally build it. And honestly, you don't need me to tell you to do that. You're doing it on your own. You're already under, you already understand it, right? But the idea, and I, and I, I think we're really on the same page here so we can vocalize it, is once we get into that 35 to 40 minutes nonstop, if we can handle that three or four days in a row, we can introduce some, some strides and some hills. And that really shouldn't be that invasive. And once we can do that two or three sessions, we, we should really be able to handle 50 to 60 minutes and right back into some good quality work. Not that we're going to do six miles of speed volume. But we should be in a load where you would consider, okay, I'm back in it. And I really think that's probably that third to four-week mark, right? That makes right. sense to me. You know? So I think your inclination right off the bat, this run-walk concept, is the right one. You know, I, I'm, 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 I've, I've got to have some faith that you know your body in the, in the immediate of, yeah, this makes sense for me. Um, you know, I have faith in that because you're a coach with us too. So, you know, like there's, there's some, there's some background in there that, that you have that, you know, I might give that to somebody who's struggling with this right off the, right off the bat. But I don't think I need to do that with you right now because your, your natural inclination is the right one in my mind. Yeah. So for me, this is going to be a matter of trying to toe that line between, all right, is this, um, am I, am I setting myself back? Or am I just, this is just kind of like a natural kind of a little bit of uncomfortableness, but that's not something that should stop me necessarily. Right. Um, so I think that's, I think for me, that's kind of like the, the line. I was talking to Dana Giordano about this actually yesterday. Um, a podcast I just released, what, like two hours ago on the road to the trials feed, um, of her coming back from her foot injury. And she's like, yeah, she's like, well, because of the trials, it's like, I'm trying to do both. You know, I'm trying to, I'm rehabbing like a mad woman, but I'm also trying to like run up the mileage, you know? So she's trying to like, on some level, serve two masters. And I think she has been patient, but it's not like a situation where she has all the time in the world. There is a hard deadline that is kind yeah. of. Professional um, running is a different, different animal, right? Like Tim Ritchie had a lot of Achilles and calf issues for a long time. And one time he, um, this was uh, April 25th of 2017 maybe it's it was the um the weekends of the u.s half marathon championship and five weeks leading up to that race four of the five weeks or so he was on the elliptico because of a calf strain right and he was running for a week and then he finished third at the u.s championship now 
we wouldn't necessarily put an, uh, a, a, a novice or a, a, even a sub elite athlete in that position, but there is a difference when it's your job. Right. Right. You know, like there is a difference, not, I mean, you never want to risk your long-term health and he and he and his coach, his own coach felt very comfortable with that decision. Um, you know, clearly because they did right. And, and not, not too long after that, he was able to finish uh, as the U S marathon champion later that year. Um, but all of those things being said, you know, with Dana, she's, you know, she's getting ready for the trials. And so you can't, you really can't take four or five months off and then expect to get on the track and, and run a great 5k or 10k like that. That's, that's not going to happen. Not really. Um, the risk is too high, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the the thing that I know is the natural inclination for a lot of people, and I definitely fall into it sometimes as well, is like looking back and being like, man, remember when I could do this? Remember when I could do that? Like, when can I do that again? Um, And it's so funny because like, for me, it's like, I really have to look pretty far back now. Like there was a time where I could look back like six or nine months. Now I'm like, I got to look back like four to five to six years. Um, it was funny because I, I had, I had one of those moments. I think it was a couple of days ago. And it was funny because like here I was like, I just started to run again. Right. So like it was funny how like it was not a time where I was completely out of it, but it was one of those times where I was like, man, like is this, am I, am I trying to do something here that I'm not capable of doing? Yeah. Right. It got to the point where I was like, like, not only have I not done this before, but like, I haven't even been in the same universe as this goal in a long time. It's been five years or something. Um, and it was like, again, not that, not that I'm going to stop, but I was like, all right, like maybe I need to start thinking about this as more of like a, it wouldn't it be nice if, as opposed to being it like, I don't know. It, it, it was one of those moments where, and I can't say that I'm li- I feel the same way now as I did then, but I definitely was like in the doldrums of like, oh, this is this is just out of reach. Yeah, man. Uh, listen, I I understand that very personally. Uh, there was there was a time where I stepped away from running altogether uh, as little as a year and a half ago because my foot was giving me so many issues and I was in so much pain that I was just tired of it. I was tired of, of not having any answers and tired of not being able to accomplish the dreams I wanted to accomplish. Um, and, and I tell you what, like that was really frustrating to, to me personally, to, to own a, a, a very large uh, uh, coaching service, to have athletes, 14 of them qualify personally to the, for the Olympic trials for me to have yet to run a marathon without walking. Me me personally, I have yet to run a marathon without walking. It doesn't mean I don't know anything. It just means like that was the situation that I was in. And and there were certain circumstances. Clearly, when you run a marathon with a broken foot, it's not going to go well. Uh, But it would have been nice to know that my foot was broken. (laughs) Um, But here I am. I say all that. I know we had a call last night. I am more energized about my goals personally of where I want to go when I'm fully healed, because I know now that there was a reason why. And I know there was something that was truly inhibiting my ability to perform, regardless of how good workouts went. Once I got to that length of time, my body was going to fail because it was just too much pressure on my body. Um, and I was making too many compensations for it. But right now, man, I tell you, I don't know if I'm going to run lifetime PRs when I'm 40, but 41, you better watch out. You know, like you we're, we're not just similar in age. We are the same age and I don't have, there is nothing so special about you that you can't succeed. There, there isn't the period period. I had Dan Wynn. I was talking about this last night, Dan Wynn who lost over a hundred some odd pounds, three fifteen down to two eighty five, whatever the math that is one thirty or so. Um, yeah, 54 years old, from 51 to 54, 51 and a half to 54. He was then able to run a 144 half marathon. You know, like, here was a guy who couldn't walk up a flight of stairs without putting his hands on his knees because he was gasping for air. And then a year and a half later, just about, he runs a 144 half marathon on a really hard course. Wow. You know, I was, and I was in, at that time, the shape of my life. And I got destroyed on the, on the back end of that course. And here he is, he runs one forty four, 
and he's 14 years older than you are now. You know, like there's nothing so special about you physically that you cannot accomplish this task. I promise you that. But it won't happen if we if we can't be consistent with the work. And whatever the situation might be, right? That's that's the truth. Whether it be injury or whether it be emotional, consistency has to be there for that to take place. You know, and there's going to be bad luck from time to time. We talked about this months ago. And this is it, right? So this is like you're going to go through these moments. This won't be the first time and certainly not the first time. And it's definitely not going to be the last time where you question, can I do this? Well, yeah, yeah, you can. Absolutely. We just got to do the work. We just got to be able to do the work. There you go. All right. Um, we can get out. Is there something else you want to add? No, I think, you know, I think, I think this, let's, let's, let's finish on this one because I know we talked about this last night on our, on our call, on our coach's call. Um, and, I, and I think it would, be, it would be good to talk about this now because we're talking about it. Um, you know, one of the things I'm going to be going over with all, all the athletes that I'm working with over the course of the next two to three weeks is two years from now, where do you really want to be with your running? So I know you, and I know at some point you had to have thought about it over the last 20 hours because we did talk about it or I did bring it up. Where would you, I mean, beyond breaking 40, where do you, what would you really like to accomplish in two years? Yeah, I think um, I did think about it. I didn't dive too much into it because I okay. don't want to like look too far beyond what I'm currently doing. Okay. Um, but I would say I don't, nothing comes to mind as like, this monster, like, you know, shining star in the distance that I'm being pulled towards. With that said, I think for me, I think similar to what you just said about the marathon, I, I do feel like I have unfinished business with the marathon. I've run two of them. One, I was completely undertrained and just kind of like just did it. Um, and it was a Hartford marathon. Um, and then I was really trained for one, like, you know, a year and a half later. And then just a, a fluke knee thing happened in the last five miles that kind of set me, set me back. So I was kind of on pace to run 330 to 335, which I had trained for. And then I had to kind of run walk it um, in the hills near the end. Uh, it's a really, it's really up and down last half marathon uh, of the Cape Cod marathon route. But um, so, and I'm finishing 346, but I was really happy with my training cycle leading into that one. So I think, you know, I think it would be nice to to give the marathon another try and see if I can get to three thirty. Um, you know, I think um, you know, I don't I don't have you know, I haven't built up this like years and years and years long of aerobic base. So it would be a pretty heavy lift uh for me. Uh but I think it would be nice to to see if I could break three thirty in the marathon at some point in the next two years. Well, you know, I think Obviously, we have this 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 immediate block that we're trying to focus on, right? These next four to six months is really about getting stronger, getting faster, and and accomplishing the immediate tax. But I, I do believe that to get to that next step, uh, it's it's really just piggybacking off of what it is we do end up accomplishing now, right? And um, I think you know to to run a good quality marathon to feel good and strong. I think there's consistency over a nine to twelve month period that that would matter. Um, and if if an athlete can run anywhere near the forty minute mark in a ten k, anywhere near that forty minute mark in the ten k, um, they have every opportunity, as long as the the specificity is there, to be in that three thirty range. For the marathon. Oh, now I'm not saying like 40 equals X, but that is not out of the realm of possibility. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, I've always, the shorter the race, the better I do compared to like my peers and stuff. And we've gone over this so many times. So for me, it would be, um, you know, I think most people would be like, Hey, if you can run 40 in a 10 K, you could easily break three thirty in the marathon. And like for a lot of people that might be true for me, that's not true. Yeah. I wouldn't say easily, but I would say, you know, like, 330 in the marathon is like, you know, based on any formula that you're looking at somewhere between 44 and 47 minutes in the 10K. Right. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I, I can't help myself. I am plugging into VDOT as we're talking. Yeah. It's probably going to be like 45, 30 or so, you know? 
Yeah, you got it right in the net, right in the, hit the nail right in the head. Forty-five thirty-eight would be the ten k equivalent. You know, again, and I think this, this is a great example of like why th- these things can be useful, but you know, there are there is so much individuality within it. Yeah, right. But but at the same time, give me somebody who's running sub forty-one. And yeah, let's go do some marathon work. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you're going to be okay. As long as we can be specific enough and develop that type of endurance. Uh, but equivalency is certainly there. You know, there's no magic. Like we had an athlete this past weekend who was ready for a 318 and she ran a 327. Uh, and it was wonderful because that was still a great personal best for her. Uh, but there's there is no ma- you need a lot of things to go right to run perfectly right. But we don't need perfect. We just need consistent. Right. Like so, if you plug into V dot again, I know this is not like X equals Y whatever. Yeah. But like this is a great example. If you put a, like a forty minute ten k into V dot, it spits out basically seven minute marathon pace. Right. So you'd come in at like three oh four, three oh five for the marathon if you if you could apply that fitness and then do the the appropriate marathon training. Well, so I think that makes sense, right? Like uh like Karen Howe has uh, has broken forty for the ten K um and has run three oh one, I believe, or so, three oh two. Um Ali Ayers, uh, who is right in that forty minute range for the ten K, has run three oh seven. Um yeah, I mean, that really does. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about my personal athletes off the top of my head. That really does kind of pan out for athletes that are kind of on that more or less. Like if you were to put them on a, on a bar graph, each bar being equal to each other, you know, you, could, you might have a little higher on the 5K, 10K, and then a little bit lower in the marathon. But it shouldn't be like Usain Bolt in 100 and, and you know, a 95-year-old running the marathon. You know what I mean? Like it shouldn't be that disparaging, not with a 10 K. Right. Right. This isn't like extrapolating out your mile pace. Yeah. Like your, yeah, your best mile. I'm like, all right, if I run, if I run a five minute mile, what's my marathon pace? Yeah. There's so much about a 10 K that is so dependent on aerobic capacity. So much, right. Even a mile, Scott Simmons, who's the head coach of the, um, the W cap and the army guys and Paul Chalimo and Shadrap Kipchirchir, these, these amazing Olympic level world-class athletes. Even he is saying that a mile is 87% aerobically based. Right. Yeah. I saw that. That's a huge amount, right? So a 10 K is even more, right? So the difference in terms of aerobic development, aerobic capacity from a 10 K to a marathon, it's it's not that much, right? I wouldn't want to say, yeah, you ran a four forty five mile. Let's go run, you know, the two twenty six in the marathon. It it doesn't really happen like that, right? Like look at Patrick Cutter, runs a four thirty nine mile, but his marathon's two thirty four. There's a lot of things at play in a marathon that you can't get out of a mile, right? Right. Well, I'm excited to 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 build up. I'm excited to run more miles, um, and. Hopefully the next few weeks we can I can navigate this the way it should be navigated and we can put ourselves right back into where we were uh, a month ago, you know, three weeks from now. Yeah, I think we're three or four weeks out from that. Realistically, that's a good timetable. I I don't like to put timetables on, but that's my expectation, you know, mm-hmm. or anticipation, I should say. If it happens sooner, great. Um, but, that, you know, I, I really think that makes sense. I think I think I figured it out as we're talking. I think I figured it out each time we've put. um after that 10 basically ever since we put on like a legit run as hard as you can time trial on the schedule every time we've done that i've developed an injury <laughs> your body's revolting so we we had the 5k and the 10k's in the fall but those were more like paced efforts yeah. right they weren't really a time trial yeah. it was just kind of a step in the fitness journey after that we're like okay this is going to be an all out effort and each time we've done that i've gotten hurt i don't know maybe there's something there probably not but you know i I'd, I'd, I'd be remiss if i didn't mention it we didn't get a chance <laughs> to run the 10k no we didn't we i did we did the 10k but it was like paced out so the second yeah. half was hard 5k was relaxed yeah, but and then after that it was 2 weeks later we we're going to do the mile yep Right after Thanksgiving. And then what we were going to do a couple weeks ago, what was it? The 5K or was it? No, the five mile. That's five what it mile. was. Five we, mile. So let's not, let's make sure that the listeners aren't, uh, aren't uh, uh, contorting things here. Um, we didn't get a chance to do those events. It wasn't no. those events that caused the injury. It, <laughs> your body it was, the, it, was the, it was the threat of the event yeah. itself. It yeah. was like holding a cap <laughs> above a full 
full tub of uh, water, you know? No! Exactly, exactly. All right, James. Thanks a lot, my man. All right, man. We'll talk soon. All right, if you've been listening to this show for really any amount of time, you know how much I love Prevenex and specifically Joint Health Plus. The health of your joints is paramount for runners of all ages, especially someone like me, 39, I'm turning 40 in under a month. It's, don't I can't believe it. I, I can't believe it, but it's true. But frankly, no matter what your age is, the health and wellness and maintenance of your joints is so important. Joint Health Plus is an absolutely unbelievably effective supplement that I trust. I've trusted for over a year now. And if you try it for a week or two, I know that you will trust it too. In fact, they have a money back guarantee. So go to Prevnex.com and use code RUNNER15 to save 15% on your first order. Go check out Joint Health Plus. Believe me, you're going to be so glad you did. It's something that you can really do to nourish your joints because, hey, you're beating them up. You know you are with all those road miles. You love it. You love to do it. So let's have that long career and make sure that your joints are taken care of. Joint Health Plus at Prevenex.com. Hey, guys, do you want to run farther and faster and recover quicker and easier? Do you want to feel healthier than you've ever felt before? Then you need to make a change. And that's exactly what Inside Tracker is all about. Founded by scientists in aging, genetics, and biometric data from MIT, Tufts, and Harvard, Inside Tracker is a personalized health and wellness platform like no other. So, what's their secret? First, Inside Tracker uses patented algorithm to analyze your body's data and offer you a clearer picture than ever before about exactly what's going on inside of you. Then, Inside Tracker provides you with a concrete, science-backed, tractable action plan for reaching your performance goals and being your healthy best. Now, for a limited time, Inside Tracker is offering my listeners 25% off. That's right, 25% off. So enter today, or say, not enter today. It's not, it's not a giveaway. To enter, just go to InsideTracker.com slash Rambling Runner. That's right, InsideTracker.com slash Rambling Runner. Change is an inside job. Start inside. Hello, Matt. How are you, Adrian? I'm excited to chat. It's been a, it's been a while. It really has. Um, you know, on one hand, it feels like we just spoke, and then on the other hand, it feels like it's been a month. Probably because it has, but that's okay. We're here now. Six weeks, in fact. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, because we did. Uh, I was just talking with James. Yeah, we did a uh, la- the last Mastering Forty episode was actually one they did with uh, Stevie Lynn from Inside Tracker, getting into all of my my biomarker numbers. Ooh, interesting. So I can tell you've been missing me since you can't even place the last time we talked, last time we chatted. But nevertheless, <laughs> I'm excited to talk with you. Okay, good. For what it's worth, <laughs> I mean, it's like. I have a minimum of nine different conversations a day. So this is true. That in my sense of time, just, I don't know. It's not what it used to be. So forgive me. It's not personal. <laughs> I'm just playing with you. It really, it really isn't that much of a difference. Um, but I, I had to take advantage of this opportunity. Actually, we had your friend on, um, Megan, Megan Murray, uh, a couple oh, episodes yeah. ago. Over on the Rambling Runner show. Isn't she a boss? She's unbelievable. I've been so, I was so excited to chat with her. I've been a big fan of hers for a while, but when she went sub three at Woodlands, I know you were down there as well. Yeah. Um, I was just so excited to talk with her about, about all the things, but you know, certainly when you get reach that kind of milestone, that is uh, kind of a nice capstone thing um, to talk about. Yeah, it was a neat thing, you know, to watch because I was sitting kind of in the last stretch. Um, and of course, I'm looking down at my phone at the last second. Then I look up. I'm like, oh, holy crap, it's Megan and Ben. And then I, I look at the clock. I'm like, she's doing this. I was just like, this is a sub three marathon right now. So it was kind of cool to see. So uh, and, you know, I, I was actually listened to you guys' podcast when I was cross training the other day. And, um, you know, she was looked like she was floating. And, you know, I've been in this sport long enough. When you look like you're floating, that just means you've gotten better at acting, um, <laughs> especially at, a, at at that stage of a race. But, yeah, it was cool. I mean, the Woodlands, granted, I didn't get to run because of the whole uh, injury and stuff like that in December. It was a good time. Oh, that is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, so like yourself, I've been doing a fair amount of cross-training as yeah. well. Um, for me, the cross-training has been walking. Um, so I've been doing run walks and then today 
I did my first run run. So, so run only, uh, today. Uh, so it was, uh, 25 minutes. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, so this was, let's see, what time is it right now? So we're recording at one o'clock Eastern. So finished up my run uh, a little over three hours ago or so three and a half hours ago and things feel fine. So I'm excited, um, moving forward. Um, but it's just one of those things. You know, last time we talked, it was kind of like, all right, like I really kind of have to step up my game here if I want to do something I've never done before. Nothing my training had been going bad, but it was kind of like in a holding, like a, it was a nice, like, you know, at the airplanes at 40,000 feet kind of thing. Like that's its normal cruising altitude. And that's where I was. There was a homeostasis to your training for sure. Yeah, for sure. So I need to, to step up the game a little bit. Um, spoiler alert. That didn't happen. I went from I went from completing ninety percent of my the the mileage to zero percent of the mileage, um, and yeah, so that here I am. You know, really wasn't in a position where I really wanted to take a month off, but that's kind of how it worked. And you know, the next the next few weeks I'll be building back into shape and making sure I don't do anything stupid um, that's going to set myself back. But yeah, not not exactly where not exactly the the things that I wanted to be talking about if I could have projected six weeks ago um, to, to to this conversation. So, what has that been like for you? Um, first of all, is I try to keep you know our conversations organic. So I know there's social media spoilers out there, but uh, what exactly happened? I'm not I'm not I'm not completely sure. Okay. So, um, I think I might have twisted my knee when I was like cracking my ankle. Um, okay. But I don't think that's really the the full extent of it because like I've done that before and I do it with my other knee sometimes and like it's never bothered me. Yeah. You know? So I, I think it might have been that, but I do know that like there's no like serious damage in there. It was one of those things where it was like it just I just couldn't get that last five percent of knee activity in terms of like just compression. Like if you, just moving my knee around was fine at the PT's office. Like no, no issues at all. Um, and you know, I was doing a workout, you know, six weeks ago or so and just started aching a little bit. And at the, near the end of the workout, I was like, what the heck is this? So I shut it down. And then the next day I went for a two mile run. I was like, yeah, it feels kind of normal. And then the, but it still kind of bothered me. But again, it wasn't a big deal at, at any stretch of the imagination. So the next day I went for like an eight mile run, had like a little, had a knee sleeve on and I could tell it was kind of acting up, but I was like, I'm going to finish the run anyway. And then like, that was that it was done for a while. Yeah. It just blew up on you after that. It sounds like but not even, not even blew up on me. Like it was still like walking around. It was fine. You know, for, for a few days after going down the stairs, I had to walk a little gingerly because like the advanced compression when you walk downstairs versus up. But ultimately, like, I could have just been living my normal life and no one would have known. Which, um, in, a, in a way, does that make it more kind of frustrating for you is you're just like, I'm 80 percent fine. What the heck? In a sense, for sure. But also it was frustrating because I couldn't even like really cross train hard. Yeah, I could like do light spinning on the bike. But like, what's that really going to do for you? You know what I mean? Might as well just take it off and heal all the way. Um, so, like, I was hoping like, all right, like. I've had injuries before where I could really bust it on the, on the, on the exercise bike and still maintain or even potentially improve fitness. Um, that just wasn't, that wasn't going to happen, unfortunately. Um, so it's just like, ugh, yeah, it, it does. It does feel a little, it does feel different when you have one of those weird injuries that you can't really pinpoint the cause. And then also like you just get in this holding pattern of like almost healed, but not really, but like you're also, I couldn't do anything. It wasn't even like, oh, well, if I do these PT exercises for two weeks, then I'll be in a good spot. It was like, no, there was no PT exercises to do. It was just like, you're going to be ready when you're ready. Yeah, it's one of those, like, I call them phantom injuries. Yeah, it's a good word for it. Where it's just like, okay, there's something, yeah, there, there's something definitely wrong because I can't move like I want to. But there's, like, no way to find where that is. Obviously, I'm not a doctor, but... uh Unfortunately, I get fractures, um, which they're straightforward, but they're also very depressing. So I don't have, I don't get too many phantom injuries, but I see that with a lot of my runners. They're just like, this hurts. I don't know why. And neither does my doctor. So I. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So it's like, it's almost like a mental injury in a sense. 
Cause you're just like, you just keep like running through the process. I'm like what happened? What happened? What can I do? What can I do? Yeah. Um, so was, is that something that you've gone through? In a sense, um, you know, I've, I had a very similar injury last year. Um, it was last June, but at the same time, but then like a week or two later, like I threw out my back opening a window. So like the back injury superseded the knee injury. So it didn't really matter with the knee, you know? Um, so ultimately it really, it really, it didn't really affect me because I wasn't going to do anything because of my back. That was the, the more pressing issue. So, um, so, so basically what happened, what's been going on recently is like this idea of like, all right, like I had this regret over like, man, I really should have taken advantage of the time when I wasn't injured. <laughs> That's like one of the first feelings. And then the second feeling was like, I really needed a lot. I needed to kind of run, um, you know, run, run the table here on, 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 on good things and, and good luck and good training to kind of, to kind of really, really put this goal within reach here. Um, and taking, taking a month off certainly doesn't fit that, doesn't fit that description. So I, I definitely had the sense of like, I'm not going to stop, but I might need to just internally like come to grips with the fact that this probably isn't going to happen. Yeah. So how do you feel about adjusting your goals? Well, I did bring it. I did. I did let James know about that kind of inner monologue. And not that I, it's not something that's been persistent. It's just, it kind of comes and goes. And he was like, basically, I don't think that you should take that off the table. I think that it's still definitely possible. Okay. With that being said, I don't feel the need to necessarily readjust. Um, when it comes to pot a, any potential readjustment, I definitely like have run like run that through my head before. Like, hey, if things don't go well, what happens with this series or this goal or whatever? So I've definitely like run those scenarios through my head plenty of times, uh, just as like a normal what if situation. And I've always just thought of like, all right, I don't think the goal changes. I think the timeline changes. Bingo. Not to say that like. I will continue doing these episodes for longer than a year, but like I would just say, okay, maybe I can get it done four months later than I originally intended or something like that. I like that. Um, because yeah, it, it's why pretty much whenever we're going after something big, if we have this great linear progression, you are in the minority. Um, you know, and I think it, it doesn't matter who you are, what level you're, you're running at is we're, gonna kind of hit some roadblocks so this is a good time to kind of decide okay how flex how number one how important is this to me number two how flexible am i willing to get when it comes to the timing of this because i always like to say okay it's not when it's more it not if it's kind of when you reach the goal and that's 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 a very adjustable timeline I mean, I get that you put yourself out there with the whole year 40, but I think it's still, this is still a valuable experience regardless is, hey, you're willing to go for it, man. And this is actually the reality of what happens sometimes when we go big. Yeah. And in terms of like the, do I still want to do this question, um, beyond the fact that like I made a commitment, like that I wasn't going to back out. Right. But beyond that, I definitely came away with yes as the answer. Like I was not the easiest person to be around <laughs> <laughs> like a week or two ago. I just I was in such a bad mood. It wasn't even like certain things specifically. I just think it was like. And I, I'm sure I'm sure there's there is, probably isn't a silver bullet solution to this. Nor Your certain, endorphin supply was cut off. I think there was definitely that. And I, I am used to being someone who's active. I wasn't very active and things like that. Like I was, I was just not, I'm not going to say I was depressed or something like that. Like, I mean, that's, that's a, when you say something like that, that's a serious statement to make. Mm -hmm. um, I won't go that far, but I would definitely say it was, it was more than just me being grouchy. It was a low spot. It was definitely a low spot. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, you know, it was, it was, you know, a string of days in a row as well. You know, this wasn't just like, a, oh, this afternoon is such a pain in the butt. I wish I could go for a run. It's beautiful outside. It was, you know, probably four to seven straight days of just like really not feeling it. Right. 
Well, Matt, you may be a popular and successful guy in the running world, but you're still human. This is, yeah, we're, this is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, shoot, this has been, this is kind of why I started this whole journey in the first place was I went through this string of injuries Mm -hmm. of like nothing serious, nothing super serious, but a a lack of consistent training over a two year span. Well, and then I think the emotional impact is just as great, if not more than the physical. Yeah, I, it could, could be. I mean, I'm not going to act as if like my mental health is, um, if you were to graph it out, would like be a, would be like go in parallel to my, um, to my physical health. Yeah. Um, I can't act as if that would be the case. There have been plenty of times where my mental health hasn't been that great, but I've been pretty fit. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they're going to, sometimes they're going to line up. Sometimes they don't. But I think, you know, if we look into just like, okay, can I trust my body? Just like, again, we kind of go into the what ifs and stuff. So it's, it it, it kind of creates a whole other cascade of thoughts that may or may not be necessary, which, yeah, it can uh, affect us emotionally and to different degrees. Yeah, that's, def- that, that's definitely true. Um, and, I, and I've been through this spell of like just not wanting to share. Because I, I guess I was kind of like, I guess I... Not for any specific reason, but I was just kind of embarrassed. I can I can see that. I mean, it's uh, honestly, uh, if I was in your shoes, I'd probably feel the same way. Yeah, and it's funny to like to even use that word because I don't think it. I don't think that ca- encapsulates it one hundred percent. But I can't think of a better word to describe how I was feeling about it. You know what I mean? I also yeah. didn't, I also didn't want to like act as if like things were going great, but I also didn't want to complain online. So I was kind of in this no man's land of like, how am I going to, should I slash, how can I share this in a way that's authentic, but also not like Debbie Downer. Cause like, I also didn't want to act as if like, like I know people who haven't run in a year because of injuries. Like I'm not going to act as if my like minimally injured knee is like this big deal. Cause you know, it's cause even for me, it's not that big of a deal. Like I knew that at some point I'd be back up to running here. I am today. I ran today for, for, you know, almost two and a half miles or whatever. Yeah. Did um, you have fun? Yeah. No, it was nice. You know, I mean, I wouldn't say I had fun. I, <laughs> on my, on my, my, my rambling walks, I could say that was, those were fun. Okay. Um, today was more like, you know, every three seconds, doing like the diagnostic check yeah you kind of have your little radar going up and down so i get i totally get what you're saying because i just got in from a run a little while ago and i mean i'd be lying to you and everybody else listening if i said i wasn't doing the same thing but i was just like adrian you're okay i'm just like is your is your foot getting worse no (laughs) you know so i kind of have to I don't know about you, but I have to kind of talk myself back into what I'm doing instead of thinking about maybe a few square centimeters on the right side of my foot. Yeah. And I think that I'll probably get there, you know, within the next couple of runs. Yeah. I think think because it was the first one and because my last my last run was like one where like I overdid it, which is what set me back. Yeah. So, I mean, it probably in the big picture as inconvenient as this is. This may actually, you know, I know I sound cliche, but it's true. This is going to make you a smarter, better runner. Yeah. Yeah. I think it could. I think it also, um, I've been thinking a lot about like, you know, kind of just analyzing how things have been going. And I think that I've probably been slightly overcooking my easy runs. Okay. Um, hasn't been, I don't think it's been significant. But I think that I can definitely ease back a way that will that that not again. I don't. I have a, it's not a situation where like this knee was this injury was caused because of running too fast on my easy runs. Nor do I think that by doing so I was negatively affecting my workouts, either recovery or being prepared for them. I think the issue was is that I'm not. I wasn't really enhancing my aerobic system the way it could have been because i think i was just going a little too hard yeah right so i did invest in a heart rate strap and um and i and i have used those in the past i mean the the watch heart rate monitor i mean even the companies who sell them tell you they don't work i mean if you read the if you read the manual 
they'll tell you like you have to do xyz to make sure it works and even then it's probably not going to be a great fit yeah you, you have to get it wet and you have to hold your arm parallel to your heart the entire time halfway through take it off rub it you know wipe it off i'm not even kidding they say that they say halfway through take it off and rub it down it's like i'm not i'm not doing that yeah <laughs> thanks but no thanks i'm not doing that um yeah, it's, it's valuable for other reasons. But anyway, so I did get the chest strap. And it's funny because, like, you know, I'm wearing it. And, like, I'm, I'm going along at, like, 10, 15 pace. And I'm, like, 145 beats a minute. Like, got to slow down a little bit. Um, and I'm thinking, like, there's no way my 905 pace before was, like, in the 140s, which is, like, there's no reason for me as a 40-year-old man to have my easy runs outside of the 140s. Like, even the high 140s is probably overcooking it a little bit. Um, if it's especially in the weather like now, it's not even hot. Like if it was hot, then we'd be having a potentially different conversation. Um, and I'm sitting there like, all right, like I, you know, I probably could have been, this could have been helping my aerobic, my aerobic function these past six months that it probably didn't quite get there. So the way it could, so the way it should have. So I guess that was a potential positive of reflecting through this process. Yeah, it's just like, okay, it's, it's prototyping if we kind of want to use an engineering analogy is look, okay, we did this, we tried this training and the product busted. So now we need to go back, find, you know, kind of, we need to change a system up. Sorry, I've been hanging out with engineers all week. So it's seeping <laughs> into my brain. <laughs> no, that's totally fine. I, yeah, I mean, also, ultimately, you know, my, my aerobic function has been my, is my aerobic function has been, my weakest link as a runner. So I, I think, uh, you know, from everything you're saying is you found a project. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, and it's something I can focus on as I'm getting back up to speed. So that begs the question, at least with me, is, you know, I know some people, they really, really love their aerobic runs. And then I know a lot of people, they would rather scratch their eyes out than run slow because they're so bored. Um, which side do you think you'll fall on and how will we manage that? Yeah, I think if I, if I change up my routes, I can definitely do aerobic runs without feeling bored. You know, so, I mean, I got my, got my headphones on, I'm listening to whatever I'm listening to. Um, you know, right now I'm just trying to run flat ground just to kind of alleviate some of the potential variables that could, um, tweak my knee a little bit. Um, but ultimately I don't have to do that. Uh, and I have a variety of different places I can run in around my neighborhood. So, um, I think that that, that would be just fine. I'm not worried about that. That hasn't been an issue in the past. Um, so yeah, I just think it's a matter of like, Hey, like, you know, we're just gonna, instead of, you know, finishing your seven mile run in 63 minutes, you might finish it in 70 minutes, but ultimately those seven minutes aren't going to negatively affect your life in terms of like, Oh, I saved seven minutes on my run. Now I can go do all this yard work with my extra <laughs> yeah. seven minutes. Um, but it will potentially have a huge benefit on me in my aerobic capacity, at least in the short term. And I feel like that's a trade-off I'll, I'll take since there's really no negatives to it. And this is, you know, you have the big commitment to breaking 40, but this is kind of a cool sub commitment to being very purposeful in your training. So, you know, you, you go out there and run and you're just like, okay, there is a specific reason for this. Yeah, no, for sure. And again, I'm, I'm not going to say that like I was overcooking it, but it definitely, I definitely went, was going through the, the idea of like, okay, does this feel easy? Yeah, it feels easy enough. And it definitely falls within the range where like my coach isn't going to be like, hey, you're going too fast. What are you doing? Yeah. Which again, those are such, such like... <laughs> talking about like th those should not be the reasons to like make decisions i don't know how i came to like make use like that decision matrix for my easy yeah case well it's like it's it's pretty externally focused um right for sure is james gonna be happy okay cool doesn't matter where i'm at right now and i mean let's but let's to be honest is i mean it's a wonderful thing with all the apps and stuff like that that we have all the data but at the same time, you know, I think it's whether it's intentional or, or unconscious is we do kind of outsource our training a little bit to stuff that 
is it is this not like, is this actually the best for me or is this to make somebody else happy? Right. Well, I, I would think I would say that this case would be the opposite of that. I would say that the the tech. While I don't rely on technology uh, as an athlete very much, I'm, I'm definitely like I'm definitely at that, the other end of this the, the range. I would say this is a good example of the technology helping me where I probably could have figured it out on my own if I really concentrated on how I was breathing. Like if I took a real deep dive into tell me how you're breathing, really think about your breath on your runs. I think I could have gotten here, but I think that an accurate heart rate monitor definitely expedited that process. Yeah, that's going to be a whole lot quicker than, I mean, I'm definitely not opposed to kind of just every now and then just kind of tuning in and being like, okay, what does this zone actually feel like? But uh yeah, and I think like if, if, especially with a heart rate heart rate monitor, those tend to be pretty, pretty neutral. Like there's no need to flex or not flex a lot of times. And it's just more fun to run faster. I don't know. Like that that that's if I'm left to my own devices. Yeah, I would eventually just start speeding up. Um, so there's there's that there's that part of it too. Well, yeah. So, so I think like, you know, if you use your real purposeful aerobic days, you know, more than likely like workout day is going to be more fun. Yeah, I I would say so for sure. Because I, I think if we're using the right energy system, then I think mentally we're just going to be fresher too, along with physically. Yeah. And I was definitely getting tired um, pretty consistently. Not enough to say something, but I was wondering, like, am I getting am I too tired after these runs, like I was like, a lot of times it'd be like 11 o'clock. I'm like, man, I feel wiped. I'm like, today was an easy run. Why am I so tired? And I couldn't even point to like lack of sleep as the issue all the time either or, or diet. Um, I was just kind of like, what's going on? You know? Um, and I think, I think that could have been part of it too. Yeah. Again, not, not enough to, not enough to make it affect performance. Cause that would have been obvious. It was, it was a step below that or maybe even two steps below. Right. Well, fortunately, this where we're at now is you have a run under your belt and Woo-hoo! you have new knowledge and, you know, uh, you know, I, I, a self-aware athlete is a successful athlete. So the more you know about kind of how you work as a runner, uh, you know, unfortunately, the way we usually figure out <laughs> how we how we work and what we need as runners, we kind of have to learn the hard way. But still, I mean, I think it'll probably be a net positive moving forward. Yeah. So hopefully the next time we talk, I'll be pretty close to the kind of weekly routine that I was at before. Cool. I think we both will be. So it'll be a great. Hey, <laughs> that's it. We should do the 10K together then. Why not? Come up to New England in the, in the, in the summer. We'll do the 10K together. All right. Uh, you know what? My coach wants me to find races in the summer. So uh I may be down. There you go. Actually, no, considering where you live, I'll probably have to go your way to find races as opposed to the other way around. <laughs> Finding races around here. In that case, prove difficult. start heat training now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. That's a yeah, good go, point. Go, take, go get in the sauna. Go take the hottest shower imaginable. Um, it's, it's runnable, but it's, uh, it's challenging. Not going to lie. That, that part of the, the, the um the scheduling this whole endeavor yeah leaves a little bit to be desired <laughs> i am not a good hot, hot weather runner i should not have started this on august 1st um but maybe i'll i'll find i'll find like a midnight 10k run somewhere i'll, I'll do I'll, I'll do that one yeah cool well i mean for what it's worth i'm like advertising for desert tourism right now but uh <laughs> <laughs> it gets pretty cool in the mornings and the evenings uh kind of on the western side of the world Oh, it's true. Yeah, I lived in uh, I lived in San Diego for a summer right after college, and I was amazed at how cool it was in the summer. I mean, in, in the mornings, amazed how how cold it was. Yeah, so I mean, it was sixty degrees and dry this morning, and I'm just kind of looking at obviously all the mountains because we're in this big basin area and stuff like that. I was like, okay, this is nice. This is why I run. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, same thing over here. It was, it was about 60 degrees here, like a little, little chilly wind, but it was nice. Yeah, for sure. All right, Adrian, thank you so much for the time. Oh, you're welcome. Glad to hear that things are starting to trend in a better direction. 
James and Adrian. Thank you so much. Also, big shout out to our sponsors, Tracksmith, Prevenex, and Inside Tracker. Thank you so much for listening to these episodes. Hop over to Road to the Trials podcast this week. We're doing some uh, deep dives into some recent races. Olivia Baker and Abe Alvarado racing the Texas Relays just this past weekend. I cannot wait to touch base with them over the next day or two. And as soon as those conversations happen, we will be putting them out over on that feed. On Rambling Runner, we put out episodes every Monday and Friday. It's always going to be consistent like that. With the Road to the Trials, it's not quite as consistent. So sometimes there'll be two episodes a week. Sometimes there'll be one episode a week. Basically, whenever we have some news to share, we're going to share it. And that's kind of the, uh, the name of the game over on that channel. So thank you so much for listening and happy running. This has been a production of Rambling Runner Podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of InPost Media. Thank you to Meta P for the music. His song, Righteous Path, featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang. Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest of states these days. This representation of storm brewing, amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. I'm trying to show this industry I got.